0: welcome to the baseball show chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on the cubs the white Sox, and major league baseball on radio on app on podcast listen to the show your way on espn 1000 with a new espn chicago app the baseball show with jonathan hood presented by goose island beer company on chicago's home for sports espn 1000
1: Baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company, Jonathan Hood with you on a Monday night on ESPN1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Don't forget to follow along on Twitter at ESPN MLB show, at ESPN MLB show. So Cubs and White Sox, we actually are the pregame for the Cubs and White Sox. They're, they're going to take on one another again in an hour from now. So here's my first pitch. My first pitch for you is opening days right around the corner. And the Cubs and the White Sox, you know, it felt so good last night to see live baseball in Chicago. To see a game on my TV from Wrigley Field was really cool. Uh, It's hard to recognize the Cubs and Sox in Chicago without the fans fighting one another in the upper deck of either Wrigley Field or Guaranteed Rate, but it still was Cubs and Sox and it was live sports and live baseball on my TV last night. The actual game felt normal. The sounds are magnified tenfold because you and I are not in the stands, but you can hear the... Ball popping in the glove. You could hear the ball hitting the bat, and it was cool. It was a pure sound. And as you know, when it comes to you and I as baseball fans... During a time where we should be talking about the trade deadline instead of opening week in July, it does give us some normalcy. Normalcy from a sports standpoint that we see a live baseball game on a Sunday night. It was great to hear Stone and Bonetti on the call last night. They were in midseason form. It was just a welcome change to the normal routine instead of watching Love is Blind or Rules of Engagement on Netflix. It was good to be able to see something a little bit different than that. Uh, So... Eric, let's open the phone lines at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. That's our telephone number. I want to find out from you what stood out most about the Cubs or White Sox performances last night. Again, it's a scrimmage. It's a warm-up to the season that's going to take place starting on Thursday. And, of course, for the Cubs and Sox, the bell will ring on Friday. I just want to know if you watched the game last night, and apparently many of us as baseball fans watched the game, you see those eye-popping numbers in particular from NBC. Sports Chicago there was a lot of people watching that game last night because it was something different it was out of what has become the norm at times and so if you're a Cubs fan or a White Sox fan you know this is the uh, baseball show and we're going to be here all season long to get your reaction um, to your favorite team so If you're going to get yourself ready in an hour to watch the Cubs and Sox and want to reflect back on what you saw yesterday, jump in. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Uh, A few things that stood out to me, and and then I'm going to get your phone calls in here. So just looking at the ebb and flow of the game, and again, it it was not going to have that feel of a regular season game. It just had a feeling of a game. Uh, When you see Anderson uh, against Hendricks, and, and you're just kind of like, okay, so this is not something that we would normally see in the regular season, but you saw some, you saw some faces that you knew, and so Abreu, uh, with the, I noticed that Abreu is trying to work on hitting the ball the opposite field uh, the first baseman for the White Sox he had a fastball away uh, on a, a single for a Abreu that was a good sign he also later in the game also was just trying to hit the other way and was able to be successful in doing so just trying to hit the other way going to right field that stood out to me Kipnis uh, for the Cubs hitting a home run for a one nothing lead Nico Horner's on this team last week we talked about young players on this Cubs roster they're bereft of the young talent if Nico Horner's is the best that you have. That's you got to do better than that. Uh, I think that he's a nice young player, but you know the Cubs should be able to have more young players in the pipeline. But when you're trying to focus on winning and spending a lot of money, um, you can't actually do both. Horner stands out as a young player that is can be the future for the Cubs, but I know Kipnis has the veteran presence, so I expect Kipnis to be getting the lion's share of the time over at second base for the Cubs unless there's an injury. He had a, a big towering blast for a home run for, to make it one nothing, and of course, a lot of focus is on Luis Robert. And so him taking on Hendricks was an interesting uh, dichotomy because Robert is a young Green player that has a lot of power. And so the first time you see him, he uh, takes a breaking ball uh, or a little bit of a change against Hendricks and does, is not successful. He hits a high fastball uh, and was able to get it out into right field, which was great. He also was able to have more power later on in the game. So I liked that, what I saw from Robert uh, in the game um, and and was kind of just watching Uh, players like Jimenez on the Sox side, watching Abreu, as I mentioned, Grandal going one for three, Encarnacion going one for three. So the offense was there in a big way uh, for uh, the White Sox. From the Cubs side of things, Hendricks, I thought, was very good before the fifth inning. He got dinged up. His numbers are not as bad as I'm going to read here. Four and two-thirds. Three runs, six hits, two strikeouts, and a walk. He threw 83 pitches and should be ready for Friday's game. Horner uh, had a single in addition to a sack fly on the night. I mentioned a young player like Horner who's uh, pretty, again, stands out as one of the few really good young players on this roster. Um, But Hendricks, I want to just key on on him in just a moment. So, So Hendricks is going to, as you know, start the season for the Cubs as the opening day starter. That may seem a little bit non-traditional. You would think maybe it's some other players that you would put in there, maybe a Yu Darvish. He will be second in that rotation. But I, I like Hendricks because he is not your prototypical guy that's going to overwhelm you with fastballs. He's not a guy that has a ton of power, but he has finesse. He's got what Harrelson used to call cunning and guile, can work the edges, works the sides of the plate. I like that from Hendricks because he's never just going to just be this powerhouse pitcher, but he actually is very good at what he what he does. He's he's bringing to the table what he has, and that is a guy that can be able to work the outside corners, to be able to, to get you on the curveballs and breaking balls, and we saw some of that in, in uh, yesterday's game. But... His craftiness is what stands out to me. Pitchers can somewhat be redundant where they do the same things. If they got a good fastball, that keeps you in the big leagues, as you well know. But it's the other pitchers that can do other things to get outs... That stands out to me, and I think that's who Hendricks is. As we talk about this on the baseball show, presented by Goose Island Beer Company, Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. If you watched the Cubs and White Sox yesterday, I want to get your thoughts on what you saw yesterday. Just that semblance of normalcy, a little baseball. Uh, We had that yesterday, and they're going to play again uh, at uh, 7 o'clock. So let me get your calls in here, 312-332-ESPN. Let's go back yesterday. uh, The White Sox were able to put up a six-run fifth inning uh, a lot of offense put up is this a microcosm of what we could see for this 2020 season
2: that ball's crushed to left field by Adam Engel and way way out of here a destruction by Adam Engel wow we saw last year at times that Adam Engel has as much strength as anybody around. Now, this is not his game as far as hitting the ball out of the ballpark, but if you make a mistake, and this was up and out over the strike zone, he left no doubt what he can do with it. You see good extension, and he just unloaded on it. And here is Yasmani Grandal, who's flied out twice. Tag to right center field up the alleyway. Grandal, Tim says, come on around. Andrew Vaughn to third. He's coming home. Listen to Tim, and he scores. Sox take the lead. Yasmani Grandal, a two-run double and smiles everywhere. Smoke to left. and Encarnacion into the corner, and that'll get another one home. Grandal scores, and it's 4-2. Sox. Look at the fun in that dugout. They know this lineup can build on each other. Oh, Robert into center field, giving it a ride all the way back to the wall and into the ivy it goes. Luis Robert deposits another one into the brush across town, and the Sox continue to build. It's 5-2. to two. Bring him another shrubbery. This to center field, and it gets down, and running by Ian Happ, all the way to the wall it goes. Leary Garcia in a trot to third, and the Sox add another one. The hit parade continues, the run onslaught continues, and what started out to be a two-run Cub lead has turned into a four-run Sox lead in what has, for the moment, been a six-run fifth inning.
1: Yeah, six runs in the fifth. That's how it would stay, and then another run tacked on in the seventh, and the White Sox defeat the Cubs seven to three in yesterday's game. So let's get your thoughts in here three one two three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. The you know the Cubs storyline. The Cubs storyline is is like this. And again, Rizzo did not play yesterday. Still dealing with the ailing back and it was Caratini over at uh, first base for the Cubs yesterday. But what we're looking at is a veteran-laden team that needs a spark. They need a spark for the last couple of years for them to be able to have do some damage in the playoffs. And this is what this season is about for the Cubs. And for the White Sox, it's about the here and now, as far as the young talent and are they going to play free, loose and easy, or will they be tight when the bell rings in 2020? All I know is that just from the practice games that we have seen, uh, and of course the game we saw yesterday, what we're going to probably see tonight is that it's led by Tim Anderson. And it's a really an interesting metamorphosis in Tim Anderson, who he was when he first came to the white Sox, to who he is right now. He had a run one for three yesterday. Yemen as part of that youth movement, Uh, Vaughn, part of that youth movement as well. Uh, Zach Collins got a chance to play yesterday. And, of course, Luis Robert. I mean, that is... He's hitting 364 so far at two for three as we documented what he was able to do. Again, positive in the right direction for the Sox as far as their youth movement. So when we come back, we'll get your thoughts in here on what stood out most about what you saw from your favorite team, the Cubs and the White Sox. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number right here on The Baseball Show. Tonight's baseball show is brought to you by Ricka Benny's on 26th Street. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Ales today. Ricka Benny's on 26th is a proud official White Sox bar. Uh, is a wonderful old-school pizza parlor and serves some of the best bread and steak sandwiches in the country
0: four balls these nice Rice, a double play and one place to hear the baseball show with jonathan hood this is espn 1000 chicago's home for sports the baseball show with jonathan hood presented by goose island beer company
1: cubs and white Sox played yesterday they're going to play again tonight glad that you're with us here for the baseball show Presented by Goose Island Beer Company, Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. If you got a chance to watch the Cubs and Sox have a, a thought about either side of town, Want we'll to get your thoughts in here 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Simple question. If you watched yesterday or read about it or have been talking about it, what stands out most about your favorite team, uh, the Cubs or the White Sox? We're glad to get your thoughts in here on that. Um, so just watching yesterday I have a couple other observations about uh louis robert for the white sox so it, it what it comes down to is optimism when you have a young person uh that's on your ball club like the same thing of when Jimenez uh first came to the white sox when you are hearing about vaughn it's one thing to have young players there's always growing pains with players that are young and on your team as well um, it's another thing to be optimistic or for, or sure that uh, that this particular player could be able to pay dividends. All I know is that Robert, every time I've seen him in these practice games or what I've seen from him like in yesterday's game, he's unafraid. And, and that is a real find when you can find someone that's up there. And with Hendricks, yeah, it's a little bit of a different approach when you see how he uses the off speed pitches. And then Robert's trying to figure out, like, OK, how do I do this? And then was able to recover later in the game and still provide a two or three performance. Man, that's that's exactly what you want uh, from from a young player like that. Um And so that's impressive. The other thing, too, with the White Sox, a small thing, and that is looking at the, the bullpen. The bullpen will have all these bullpens across Major League Baseball will have something to say uh about these wins that some of these teams will have, because I don't know if starters are going to go more than four or five innings. Remember, the starters are going to have at least... I say ten, eleven, maybe twelve starts. So the bullpen is going to have to really be able to hold up there in the, end of the bar- bargain. And watching Detweiler out there yesterday, he only was uh, surrendered one hit, four strikeouts, two innings of work against the Cubs hitters yesterday. Lambert, uh, Fuller, uh, Fulmer, and uh, and that was pretty much it for the White Sox uh, yesterday. Um, and so watching Hendricks out there starting for the Cubs, solid six hits. Three earned runs, one walk, two strikeouts, four and two thirds. I'm glad that he's getting the start. And you, Darvish is waiting in the wings he'll be the the number two guy uh, when the season starts so don't forget looking at the calendar in front of me here so the cubs will take on the brewers at six ten, followed by the socks and twins at seven that'll be part of the mix on the 24th of july as opening day will start for both teams this upcoming friday i'm looking forward to it right here on espn 1000 312 332 espn 332 3776 our phone number if we're talking about bullpens i'm going to talk to you a little bit about the cubs bullpen in just a moment let me go to matt in northbrook who leads us off on the baseball show hey matt
3: hey jay hood how are you
1: i'm good what do you did you watch
3: yesterday i did uh, i'm a cubs fan i'm okay. a season ticket holder for 10 plus years and mm-hmm. two things stood out to me one you just touched upon it bullpen You know, solid effort by Hendrix, but then we get into the bullpen and, you know, it doesn't look like we've really solved any of the issues that we had last year. Uh, No reliable arms from the right or the left side. So we'll be interested to see how that solves itself or what moves are made before the, you know, deadline. Um, And then also, you know, the second thing was just no marquee network as a Comcast subscriber. So. Mm -hmm very frustrated as you know, I had to watch uh, Benetti and Steve Stone call the game to watch the game because it was blacked out on ESPN.
1: Yeah, I, I noticed that too, and I appreciate your telephone call. I noticed that too. That was my only way that I was going to watch that game is because I, I'm, I'm like you, a Comcast Xfinity person, uh, and I did not have a second option. When the Cubs take on the White Sox, I like to be able to flip back and forth and just get the perspective of both broadcasts, and I could not get that. Um So... You know, as I've said before, the Cubs and the marquee network needed to be able to understand that if you're going to go into business and put this marquee network up, make sure that all of your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted. You you just can't go into it and say, we're going to have our own network and then make sure that a lot of the people that have Comcast can't see it. You just you just can't go into business that way. And it's it's not like they didn't know this was coming. And you, and once again, just like Madden and Northbrook and like many of us that are Comcast people that are into that are Xfinity people, the thing is is that those same people that are Comcast people have been watching Cubs baseball on channel nine all those years prior. And then when Channel 9 was not a priority anymore for the Cubs, and they were skipping around on ABC7 locally here in Chicago, and then they're on the U uh, on WCIU-TV 26, and they're moving from channel to channel, and then you find them on Fox here, and they're over there. And, And the Cub fan wants to be able to follow the ball club no matter what channel it's on. And I'm sure that was frustrating as well. You, you're looking for the Cub game, and it's on some ancillary channel that you're not looking for. And so now you you have this big marquee network, and it's it's not ready to go. Dodgers fans still going through these doldrums of saying, you know, when can we watch our games? Die, diehard Dodger fans, just like diehard Cub fans, can't watch the games uh, in, a, in abundance locally on their Time Warner, which is it's nonsense. That, shouldn't, that should not be the case same thing with the Rockies same thing um, that should not be happening as well there's a, in on the Rocky side of things they can't see the games like they want to the Rockies and the Nuggets in denver so I, I totally get it I totally get it and hopefully there will be something that will uh, will change with this sometime soon but hopefully at the same time you're still keeping up with your ball club you know you know it's, it's one thing that you can't see it and if there's a, a second broadcast you just got to watch it. You want to you if Cub fan wants to watch uh, Lennon JD and that's what they're used to, and they got to watch Stone and Benetti, Whatever it takes, you got to be able to watch your team and follow along. You don't turn a blind eye to it. It's, this is it's you don't take it out against the players. You take it out on the Cubs. So I just. As Matt is disappointed, I'm also disappointed as well that this has not been buttoned up and solved. The Baseball Show brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. This is something new for this market. Okay, Like I mentioned, some other markets have dealt with this, but it's very unusual for this market because as sports fans, we usually get what we want as far as the platform, where to find it, and then move forward. What stood out most about the game that you saw yesterday with the Cubs and the White Sox? Three one two three three two. espn is our phone number. Joe is in Norwood Park with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Hi, Joe.
4: Yeah, good evening, Jonathan. Really enjoying the show. You know, this season, John, maybe, you know, 60 games, you know, but our starting pitching still needs to go deep, you know, into these games. You know, Lester's a year older, but the keys this year is obviously Kyle Hendricks, and we need to have our big year out of Darvish, you know, but Quintana, he's still going to be the question mark wild card, and all of this. But Madden, well, my problem is he played too many musical chairs, too many circus sideshows. You know, Rizzo on the pitchers, Mount Rizzo at third base. But this year, I was telling the producer there, Castellanos is going to be missed, you know. Uh, Jason Hayward's bat needs to get together. Otherwise, you're going to have to use an SOS flag on top of that. But his defense is great, no doubt, but we need his bat coming around. But, you know, Jonathan, with the universal DH this year, Mm -hmm. the good news is for the Cubs' offense is that with a shortened season, the leadoff spot doesn't seem as important as in seasons past. Because, you know, we haven't got to a World Series since Dexter Fowler's been at the top of the batting order. That's right. But my final concern, you know, is the $43 million closer, Kimbrell. You know, he was a disaster. But if you recall last year, Jonathan, I'll be quick about it, Theo had David Ross scout him before the Cubs signed him. But truthfully... You know, this guy needs to compete big time. You know, but the final results, you know, uh, this year, my gut feeling because of the bullpen, they're not too favorable. But you know, there's too many competitive teams in the way. But the Cubs need to bring another trophy to the city. But you know what, Jonathan? It's hopefully it's not going to be a long year because of 60 games, but you got to give the White Sox a lot of credit. They played punching bag with the Cubs yesterday, and they did a great job. Thanks, Jonathan. Enjoy your show.
1: All right, thank you. Uh, let me address a couple of your, your concerns here. First of all, with the bullpen, you know, I agree that the bullpen uh, needs to be a lot better. This is, and this is before the season starts. You can look at the roster and say... Who's going to be able to get outs on the regular basis? And is there a closer amongst them? Is it going to be one of the wicks? Because I don't believe in Kimbrell as the closer for this Cubs team. Uh, Jesse and I have talked about this a lot. Uh, And Kimbrell is the guy that once upon a time was lights out, and he's just not that guy now. Uh, You could point directly at Tom Ricketts for shutting the water off financially for not getting the Cubs a decent closer or some bullpen help. Um, I, I just I, I think that one of the wicks is going to be the closer at some point. I was asked last week, you know, what's the one move or one player that needs to step up in 2020, uh, and I said, well, the player's got to step up for the Cubs in 2020 is not even on the roster yet. That's going to have to be someone that's going to be able to be in the back of the bullpen or close for this Cubs team because that's going to be important. Um, you talked about the starting rotation uh, with. Hendricks starting, then Darvish, then Chatwood. Looks like Lester would be fourth in that conversation. Um, that means that you need a lot more from Darvish and... There is, he's been up and down since he's been with the cubs i didn't like the move at the time that when darvish was signed with the cubs i saw him with the or the dodgers and thought uh maybe we haven't we're not going to see the same consistent darvish that we saw with the texas rangers and so now he's part of this cubs team last couple of years and maybe there'll be a turnaround maybe not um but you know what you get from hendricks steady performances chatwood is a guy that was um, they had to be pushed to the bullpen because he was not the kind of guy that, that they thought they were getting from Colorado. Um, that was a questionable move at the time as well for the salary that he was given. And, and you mentioned Lester. Lester is, I think this will be his last bullet in the gun for, for him with the Cubs. As he mentioned in a column about a week ago, he can't believe, like, he didn't think his career... Would be in this situation where just 60 games, uh, and maybe 12, you know, 11, 12 starts. So that, that's one point. The DH point is also, uh, well taken with Schwarber. I agree with that as well. Schwarber, uh, either left field or DH is going to be just fine. Um, I look for him to have a really solid year offensively for the Cubs. Um, that, that's my expectation. But, you know, when you talk about this bullpen, uh, that is something that is a major concern for the Cubs. And, and, and here's the thing. Um, the offense as i've been saying is in like some kind of two year slump and so it's up to the offense to get themselves ignited it's not about a hitting coach or even ross the offense on paper the the core from the 16 team should be good enough but that pitching that bullpen uh, that's that's something that's a real concern uh, if, you, if you're you a Cub fan, 312-332-ESPN, three three two three seven seven six 3776 is our phone number. We'll take more of your phone calls coming up. What stood out most about the Cubs and the White Sox game yesterday? They're going to play again uh, coming up at the top of the hour, but we got some semblance of baseball. A little normalcy by just turning on the game. It, it, it's one of these things that you may not be locked in the entire time, but just that there was baseball at Wrigley Field. There's maybe baseball at, at guaranteed rate tonight, so... As we get closer to the season, it all starts on the 24th, we opening day. Let's see what happens. 60 games. There's some positive and negatives on both sides of town. But at 60 games, anything could happen. As we talk about uh, this with you on the Baseball Show, brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company, Jonathan Hood, right here on the Superstation. Tonight's baseball show is brought to you by Ricka Benny's on 26th Street. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Ales today. Ricka Benny's on 26th is a proud official White Sox bar, it is a wonderful old school pizza parlor, and serves some of the best British steak sandwiches in the country.
5: Welcome to The Baseball Show.
0: Presented by Goose Island Beer Company.
6: Catch up on your time. Click the baseball show tile for the podcast on the new ESPN Chicago app.
0: This is The Baseball Show on ESPN 1000, Ch- Chicago's home for sports. Follow The
1: Baseball Show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. Again, at ESPN MLB Show. Totally interactive on Twitter and totally interactive every night after Waddle and Sylvie on the phone lines, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. Hope you had a great weekend and hope that you are going to have a great Monday night. Every night we're talking baseball, Cubs and Sox, everything else around Major League Baseball. So the difference between this show and other shows, if you call the White Sox flagship or the Cubs flagship and you want to really tell how you really feel about your team yeah, the screener might tell you, well, you might want to say it this way. Or maybe you will take your call later. On this show, no. Uh, after a and Sylvie, you have a thought about your favorite team, the Cubs the Sox, or whatever team that you root for for Major League Baseball. That's why I'm here. That's why uh, Goose Island Beer Company is sponsoring the baseball show to give you, the baseball fan, a voice. So if you're thinking I'm going to be gone tomorrow, I'll be here tomorrow. I'll be here Wednesday. Uh, we'll be here for opening day for the Cubs and the White Sox. So uh, just keep in mind. This is your stop for a Baseball Conversation, the baseball show, presented by Goose Island Beer Company. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. As we talked to you about yesterday's game, if you got a chance to watch you know, what stood out most about your favorite team, the Cubs and Sox, on the Sox side of the ledger, just you know, the Sox have not been relevant since 2012, and they finished an average of 25 games out of first place over the past seven seasons, despite playing in the weakest division in baseball in the American League Central. Uh, but you take a look at Anderson yesterday just the type of just the juice that he brings the energy that he brings to the White Sox it's not it's more than just him being the American League hitting champion last year it's just that you can see the swagger and confidence so, similar to Baez on the on the north side with the Cubs you can see that from Anderson Moncada uh, part of this uh, new crop as well. So. This team looks good, and again, everything's on paper. Now we see what happens when they get on the field, but it looks good because when you spend money, you look good, right? You spend a little money on your car. You spend a little money on your wardrobe. All of a sudden, you start looking a little better. Well, same thing with the White Sox. Because of how irrelevant they were uh, for a long time, they built to this, and now they're in a good shape. And for the Cubs, it's just about getting that spark back that they had a couple of years ago. So let me get your calls in here, three one two three three two 332 espn is our phone number on the baseball show. Manny is in Midway with Jonathan Hood on the baseball show. What's up, man?
5: Hey, Jay Hood. Appreciate the show. Loving it.
3: Thank uh, you. A lot has to be said about, let's talk about the Sox bullpen. It's underrated, and most playoff teams got a pretty good bullpen staff. And a lot has to be said about ours. You know, we got Jimmy Cordero, uh, Evan Marshall, Alex was here and there, and then the all-star in Bummer. And then you had Jimmy Lambert, who showed out yesterday, who had a mm-hmm. pretty good outing. I want to know what you think on that.
5: Yeah, no, you're right about
1: that. Um, the, what I want to see is Colome, who was on a Show Me deal, one year, ten million dollars. I want to see what he can do. If he can be able to, you uh, know, and now in my, like in pressurized situations, can he be able to get the um, the saves that are needed for the Sox? But you're right. I like Marshall. I like I like C-shek. What his veteran presence out there, b- bummer. So, no, I, I like what they have there with their with their uh, bullpen. And, by the way, as I mentioned in our last segment, it is, in, it is important, Manny, for the bullpen to be able to step out because, say, Cease has a bad outing. Lopez has a bad outing. Okay, so you need someone that can go along a little bit to just kind of piece the team together. So, no, I agree. I think it is underrated, and we're going to see how good they are for the 2020 season. You're right about that.
3: Yeah, and then another thing, I see the Cubs fans tweeting about how it's just an expedition, but they jumped on on it real quick when we had that one-run lead. They were talking all this smack, you know, but then right, right back when we came back, that one inning, it turned out like, oh, it's just an expedition, and they're throwing out no-name relievers, so that's just another thing I had to get out there.
1: Well, you make sure you call call tomorrow because what happens tonight? What if the Sox win tonight? You gotta call me tomorrow, and I'll, and t- I'll call you tomorrow. Yep. Right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> call me tomorrow then. Uh, if the Sox win tonight uh, against the Cubs in another exhibition game, three one two three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. You know, some people would roll their eyes at that, like, oh, you know, Cub fans and Sox fans going back and forth, but that's just the rivalry. You know, there's there's very few things that are real uh, in sports. Today day and so when you get cubs and Sox, even though it's an exhibition game it's just a warm-up the 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 rivalry is still there that that you know even though both of these teams are not in the same division and playing each other 19 plus times it's just that both sides of town are passionate about their teams and it's kind of cool like yeah if you want to get on at espn mlb show and talk mess about the Sox and, and the Cubs and go back and forth, that's fine with me because that's just part of the rivalry. Um, Matt is in Bourbon A with Jonathan Hood on the baseball show on ESPN 1000. Hey, Matty.
3: How you doing, guys? I appreciate uh, you take my call.
1: Sure. What did you think of last yeah. night?
3: So, you look at last night and you see them come up and they face Henderson the first time. Then you see the fifth inning and you look at our lineup and Makata wasn't in the lineup and you just look at it. You have Tim Anderson starting off, who led the MLB in, like, in batting average. Then you have Mekata. Then you have an Abreu. Then you have uh, Granibol. Then you have Cardinal on, or Luis Roberts, who is killing the ball. And now you still have uh, Jimenez at the seventh spot? That's crazy. And then you even throw in Angle, who, correct me if I'm wrong, hit 25 to 30 home runs last year. And then you threw a Lurie Garcia, who was part-time number one field man. So, and he played well last year. If we can stay healthy and we can make sure that all field distractions are not deterring our overall development and play, dude, we are sitting pretty.
1: All right, my friend. I'm glad you checked in with your perspective. I appreciate your telephone call. Well, you know, it's interesting that when you think about the Sox and that lineup, and I've seen a lot of projected lineups uh, all the way up to today and yeah, on on paper it looks great. And again, it's just about when the season starts, how does it all come together because you are are leaning on um, you're leaning on some youth and some veteran presence. Here's a difference though between, you know, teams that the Sox used to field and what they have now. You see, it's not just getting an aging veteran, you're getting good veteran play from Encarnacion. That's what you're going to get here for 2020 and beyond. It's not just getting some catcher that used to be good. It's it's Grandal that's in his prime, and so I think that's the difference between the Sox in under Kenny in a lot of ways, where it's just like, hey, Ken Griffey Jr., let's get Kevin Yucelis, let's get um, you know guys that are long on the tooth versus players that are in their prime, veterans from other teams that are in their prime. So that's the difference. Ingle last year had six homers and 26 RBIs, by the way. Let's not. <laughs> let's let's not put him into the thirty home run chase. He's he he was good yesterday, as a matter of fact. I liked his uh I liked one of his at bats he had yesterday in the game against the Sox, but against the Cubs, but he He didn't have thirty home runs last year, Matt. Three one two, three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six zero phone. We're we'll gonna talk more about that bullpen in just a moment from Chris kampka who's we go to Javier and Aurora on the baseball show, brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company. Javi
5: uh, yeah, I was just calling and talking about an asterisk and championships. Mm-hmm. Like nobody ever saying aster and LeBron James when he won his second with second title when he only played sixty two sixty six games. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever talk about that. So
1: you're saying there should be no asterisks on this season,
5: right? No, no asterisks,
1: none at all. What What happens if there is an asterisk? What you gonna do? What you gonna do about it?
5: Oh, nothing. I was like, hey, like, I said, there should be no asterisk right. no, stuff, so, No, I Why win this championship? Yeah. is a is championship. Javi, here's what you do.
1: You say you don't know. The, what you're going to do is you're going to call me and you're going to tell me that that's wrong. If there's if no. there's an asterisk, you're going to call me and tell me, hey, why did they put an asterisk out there and you're not going to
5: discuss it? No, I wouldn't. If they do put an asterisk, I probably would discuss it. It's yes. Just, I wouldn't <laughs> say that. If the Bulls would have won that year, yeah. There were no asterisks. I'm not yes. mad at the brown one, but there's no asterisks. All right.
1: No, sorry. So anti-asterisks. All right. I got you. All yeah. right. Thank I'm you. Anti, yeah. Th- thank you for All the right. call. Thank you. Three one two three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. Uh, we might have to put that on the poll, Eric. Uh, whether or not you are ants for anti asterisks,
6: I wonder if that guy's just a LeBron stand and he doesn't want anyone to take that ring away from LeBron. Very <laughs> no, adamant. No one's taking a ring. I know, away that from that was his point when he called and he was talking to me. He's like, "The LeBron won when they had a strike season." Like, yeah, right, that's yeah, fine. yeah.
1: No one's taking anything away from anybody. Uh, we are here to give you. Content. We're not taking anything away from you here on the baseball show. Um, so talking about bullpens, right? So some thoughts from um, Chris Kampka, and congratulations to the new dad, Chris Kampka from NBC Sports Chicago, friend of the program. He is great with numbers when it comes to baseball. And so here's something about the Cubs bullpen that he talked to me about uh, earlier. And, and the what he said about Pedro Strope might surprise you.
5: Listen. Well, I mean, yeah, the numbers are right there. They had eight losses last year when entering the ninth inning with the lead. That's the most in the majors. Um, They've also had 10 walk-off losses tied for third most in the majors. And see, this all started with domino effect with Brandon Morrow. He lost the entire season. He looked so promising when he first came in. Got injured. It's all last year. He's done now. And then it continued. Pedro Stroke decided to have his first bad season as a Cub. He'd had under three ERA every single season of the Cub, it ballooned a 4.97 ERA, which is sad to see. It's one of the three best relievers in franchise history. And then they bring in Craig Kimbrell, and he's going to be what, he's obviously the key to the 2020 Cubs bullpen. Now, it was a complete disaster. How bad was he last year that in only 20 and two-thirds innings with the Cubs, he managed to boost his career area from 1.91 to two point zero eight. I mean, only 20 and two-thirds sure, innings really to make that kind games. of a jump in sure the area. Now, he's, he was he's, coming he's in um, mid-season, and it's just such an abnormal thing for him, for anybody. And the velocity was a little bit down, but still pretty good, but not what he's used to throwing, which is a little bit of a concern. But you got to hope that it's a product of, all right, let's give him a little bit more time to get ready to go for the season, and hopefully things go better. I mean, because they have to. Uh, they, they, you know, they spent some money bringing him in there. They've got to be better than that. They brought in some new arms. They got Jeremy Jeffress. Um, they, they had some good things from last year. Um, Wick was fantastic. Um, so they, they got some reasons to be excited about it. You can't get much worse than you were last year. So hopefully things get better for the Cubs.
1: That Pedro Stroop, uh nugget that you just gave us, uh, that stunned me. did you give us that again, Pedro Strope? the third yeah, best
5: Pe- was it Pedro Strope has been an under three ERA every year when he was with the Cubs. Uh, he had never been above three in any any season with the Cubs, and then he all of a sudden boom
1: 4.97 you're saying that he's, he's one of the top relievers in the history of the Cubs organization
5: I say so i'd say I'd put him right up with it, right up there with Bruce Suter and Lee Smith. Now, and the reason why people might not think so is because he was never really the same guy for the most part. But in relief, you have some critical situations in the seventh, eighth innings, games, and he was always coming through. I mean, here his career with the Cubs, 2.90 ERA, he had a whip of just barely over one, and he averaged well over a strikeout on in an inning. That, that's high leverage excellence for a long time. And you just don't see that out of relievers, and it might strike
4: some is, you know, surprising. But I definitely would say Stroke's one of the top three relievers in Cubs history. Eric, you know, one of my favorite places to go is
1: Ricka Benny's. And tonight's baseball show is brought to you by Rick and Benny's on 26th. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Ales today. Rick and Benny's on 26th is a proud official White Sox bar and is in a really wonderful old school pizza parlor and serves some of the best bread steak
0: sandwiches in the country socks, shorts. so much more. much more. This is the Baseball Show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company.
1: Oh! Totally interactive baseball show presented by Goose Island uh, Beer Company. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. If you miss our show live at 6 After Wild and Silver, we've got it on. Demand for you on the ESPN Chicago app. Just click the baseball show and check out uh, previous episodes of TBS, the baseball show right here on the Superstation 1000. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Getting your thoughts on the Cubs and Sox yesterday. They're going to play again uh, later on today at guaranteed rates. So we're getting your thoughts on what you saw uh, yesterday. It was so good to get baseball uh, out there for us to be able to see. It wasn't like we normally see. But you know what? It was, at least it was live sports and it was live baseball. So I was all about it. Really enjoyed that. We got five for five right around the corner. But let me squeeze in Matt in Glenview with Jonathan Hood on ESPN One Thousand. Hey Matt,
2: what's up,
5: buddy? How you doing?
1: I'm good, Matt. Thanks for checking in.
3: Just uh, just want your opinion on second
5: base. Um, my personal opinion is I think Nick Madrigal should get the start um, opening day, but I don't know if Ricky, um, you know, in the, in the organization will get him you know, the start because he was going to start in Charlotte anyway. But I yeah. feel like if he's the future second baseman, then they should just throw him into the fire with the 60-game season instead of putting Leary Garcia or starting Mendick. We kind of already know, uh, you know, what they're capable of. So I just want to hear your thoughts on second base, and I'll, I'll hang up and listen.
1: You might get your way on that with Madrigal. Uh, and, you know, nothing against yes, Leary Garcia. He's just a nice veteran, and uh, I saw Mendick in his mustache yesterday. Uh, so – uh You know, Madrigal is a guy, I don't know if he'll start on the bench. Uh, He won't start the season, as far as I can tell. He won't start the season at second base. But, you know, it's one of those things. I'm good, by the way, if there is going to be a battle, Matt. Say, for instance, Garcia gets off to a bad start. Okay, so Madrigal's right there. You plug him right into place. Now, here's what's tricky about that now. We talked about the youth on this White Sox team. And so we got to be able to keep our eyes on the balance of veterans and youth and what are your expectations for a lot of Sox fans, the expectations is okay, 60 games, let's get to a sprint, get past the twins, get past the Indians and get it done now. Um, But for maybe for some within the organization, it's really the focus is on 2021, 2022. Um, And I could see a scenario where Madrigal starts the season at second base in 2021. You got to, again, look at your veterans what can your veterans do that's been there and done that? And and think about your future later with some of these players. There's a lot of young players I like to see on this White Sox roster more often, but I know that it's a process. So I'm good with Garcia at the beginning, but if he struggles, yeah, why not bring in Madrigal because he's young, doesn't know what he's doing, but he can play loose and free like some of these other White Sox players. It is now time for 545. All right. Eric, we are against it. So we've got to get through our five topics in five minutes right here on TBS.
6: All right, we'll, we'll get right into it. We're going to give our preseason awards, okay. both AL and NL. So we will start with who will be the home run champ for both AL and NL for you.
1: Okay. Um, the home run champ for me, um, definitely the for the Mets, I'm going to go Alonzo. Okay. Yeah. What, what do you have for uh, the AL? I might need some help on that one.
6: Um, for the AL, I'm going to go with an ex-Cub who really found his way down in KC and Jorge, Jorge Soler. Last year, he had, <laughs> what, 48 home runs? I expect him to continue that pop.
1: Ah. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess in the 60 games, I'm not going to laugh at it because anything can happen, right?
6: Mm-hmm. And he's always been, see, that's a concern for him is he's always been someone who has, like, those soft tissue issues. Right. Problem, So that could, be, that could come up in this season.
1: So not like Aaron Judge? I,
6: I, I eliminated both of them in my head because I figured they're not going to play 50 games even. Maybe they will. They may, they, but I, I'm, that's my prediction. I'm also going to go with Pete Alonzo, one, because he's massive, and two, he's got the best nickname in baseball with the polar bear.
1: <laughs> it is. All right. That's cool. I'll take that.
6: All right. We will go to who will be the comeback player in both the AL and the NL?
1: Uh, can Otani
6: come? Can I put him in the American League conversation? Yeah, I actually am mad that I missed him out. That's that's a perfect pick, especially oh. because and they say Sundays are going to be his day. So he's pitching every Sunday, and then he's going to be in the lineup for every other game.
1: Okay, Votto would be my guy from the from the uh, National League. Then that's how I would uh, Joey Votto. He had a, a down year for him. Mm-hmm. I expect him to be able to pick it up. So I'm going to go with Votto. Um, the numbers on him, he had. He typically has more walks than strikeouts. He had 47 more strikeouts than walks, which is a crazy number. So I'm going to go Votto for the National League.
6: I like that. I'm going to contradict myself from what I said earlier, and I'm going to go with Giancarlo Stanton from the uh, AL. (laughs) 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 So, uh, I mean, he was off on the injury list. If he stays healthy, there's no doubt that he is a top-tier player in baseball. And then a wild card, someone who's fun to watch, who's kind of bounced around. I'm going to say Johanna Cespedes is going to have a good season this year.
1: Oh, if, if that's the case, the Mets are going to go to the playoffs.
6: All right. Well, yes, I would agree. All right. Rookie of the year.
1: Uh, It's going to be Lux from the Dodgers and Luis Robert for the White Sox.
6: I'm not going to say much more because I completely agree. Those are the top two prospects that are entering baseball this year. I agree with those two names. I might,
1: uh, that was quick. No, We're against it. That's We're that's
6: against, it. It. All against it. it. All right. All right. Uh, Siam. <laughs>
1: wait a minute. Just a minute. Uh, Garrett Cole for the, uh, American league, national league. I'm not, uh, I still got to think about what do you have for national league?
6: Uh, for the NL, I have Walker Bueller from the Dodgers. I just think that he, Carson Fulmer's teammate at Vandy. I just think that he's got some of the best, best stuff in the game. And he really matured last season. And then I have Garrett Cole as well. Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in baseball right now. So not Scherzer from the Nationals, because that's what I was going to write down. I mean, Scherzer can absolutely—he's in the running for it every single year.
1: Or, no, or Syndergaard, mm, no. DeGrom's DeGrom already it.
6: having some issues.
1: Yeah. You know what? That might be. I think that's a good pick, actually. When you think it, I think uh, Flaherty from the, the yeah, Cardinals. Yeah,
6: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that might be a long shot. We'll see. Um, Strasburg, no, from the Nationals.
6: What about Kershaw? Kershaw, he, he could He's be. Out, right? it's, he, let's see if, uh, now that his pitches aren't being tipped by the Astros, if he can get away <laughs> with it. Okay. Last All
1: one, right. MVP. Uh, Acuna from the Braves, and I'll say Judge from the Yankees.
6: I'm going to go Mike Trout. I mean, I, that couldn't be any more of a <laughs> going chalk. And uh, I'm going <laughs> to agree with you. I think Ronald Acuna... Took a big step last season. I think he's about to take that next step this year. He almost would. He had 47 stolen bases last year with all the pop he had. I expect him to take another step. Even he's so young and so raw.
1: If he becomes the MVP, the Acuna, that's really good for baseball because again, we're talking about a kid that's 26 and younger. Youth matters in baseball, and so that'll be good if Acuna could do that for for the Atlanta market and for baseball in general.
6: Absolutely,
1: and that, my friends. Oh. And it's 5 for 5 right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Our thanks to Eric Ostrowski on the other side of the glass. Uh, Don't forget, we're here tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll break down the Cubs and Sox from Guaranteed Rate and other Major League Baseball storylines. Uh, We are presented by Goose Island Beer Company, so we will do this tomorrow at 6, under the hood in two minutes right here on ESPN 1000.
0: You've been listening to The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. If you miss something, you can always get the podcast on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile on the new ESPN Chicago app. Join us weeknights at 6 for the Baseball Show, presented by the Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000.